I'm driving on Lincoln Boulevard with Toby Miller. And I am driving Richard Maxwell, who is my valuable passenger. We're on our way to LAX. Los Angeles International Airport, because Rick is going back to New York tonight. In a way, this is the ending of my visit, and also a discussion of the penultimate chapter of our new book, Greening the Media, on citizens. Because after all, one of the things we're trying to get in touch with in this book is the notion of a responsible citizenship, an involved and engaged citizenship. Really rather a boring term that we're used to from all kinds of worlds and so on. Sometimes applied in a very uh, generic, overall general sense, sometimes applied in a highly specific sense to areas in which one resides. And what we do in this chapter is to rethink notions of citizenship uh, beyond the national subject, beyond the person who's tied to the national state in which they practice their citizenship, because the nature of the environmental problems that we examine push us beyond the boundaries of the nation state into the global assembly line as we've discussed in our work in our chapter on workers into the area of global policy as we've discussed in our chapter on bureaucrats and and it forces us to think beyond those uh, traditional terms of citizenship into something that's truly transterritorial and some of the folks we look at very briefly in this just to give you an instance uh, are birds uh, birds, some of the world's first great globalizers, because obviously they fly with the seasons into many parts of the world. Birds who are, are at great risk, precisely because of the technologies that we use and enjoy, uh, because of, for example, the way in which large telecommunications towers can interfere both with their flight patterns, their enjoyment of their lives, and where they make their homes. That's something that, at different times, the Federal Communications Commission, the big regulator here, pays attention to. But how many of us, as citizens, think about that when we ponder, again, the, the travel of the goods that come to us, our use of those goods and services, and then what happens to them afterwards? To think it's so easy yeah. to forget about the Earth as a participant and the other creatures resident within it as, as entities, creatures, concepts, little people almost for whom we have responsibility because of the great technological power that we exercise over their lives. It's yes, it's very interesting when we when we discard the, the wonders of, of and our love for these technologies, when we set aside our technophilia and when we ponder the, the working conditions, when we ponder the, the impacts on, uh, on natural environments, we begin to see our, our neighbors in this planet also suffering from some of these uh, environmental issues that we've discussed throughout this book. And those neighbors don't have votes and they don't have dollars or other forms of currency. In other words, uh, somebody has to consider speaking up for them, not in a way that is about uh, their power as purchasers, not in a way that is about their power as citizens, but as you know, members of our world. Uh, and to do that, what we encourage people to ponder when it comes to citizenship is to, as Rick said, transcend their territorial obligations and think about a sense of a philosophical commitment to a world that isn't necessarily entirely articulated around themselves, not just as individuals, but as a species. Now, the different there are different levels of involvement as, in, as a green citizen and you know I think some of us have already experienced this in workplaces where they're recycling bins, where we're in, at schools where where the children are, are taught that they must uh, you know dispose of the waste in a proper way. Um, 
institutions like Google or our other major players in the field have very, very strong uh, policies on saving energy, on, uh, on not doing any harm to the local environment, to act, to act in a way that's much more ecologically sound and to treat the local environment um, you know, with uh, some sort of consciousness about the, the, the impact that you're having. Then, there are, then there's a level of, of engaged research and attempts to uh, apply that research in a kind of what, what, what might be called sustainability citizenship, uh, looking at the bigger picture, looking at the policy issues and becoming more involved in uh, trying to expand beyond the workplace, beyond the, the daily routines, that part-time citizenship, that part-time green citizenship that a lot of us now are, are involved with. And finally, we can talk about also a resistance level, a, a level of activism where we find Greenpeace activists who are out there confronting the corporations and confronting governments to try to push them to respond, to change their actions, to change the way that the big institutions operate through, through resistance, through opposition when, the, when these large organizations don't move as quickly as possible or with the urgency that, that we see is needed in order to reform the system. And reforming the system, changing the system, transforming it, revising it, even revolutionizing it, can rely on this notion of citizenship, which isn't always about simple reformism. Sometimes it's about very radical action, and sometimes it's about genuinely innovative philosophizing at a pragmatic daily level. Uh, that's where I think we take a lot of comfort from many of the quite large activist groups that have been important in the areas that matter to us, like Greenpeace, as Rick mentioned, uh, like Silicon Valley Toxics Coalition and others. This is the kind of citizenship that is operating horizontally and vertically, that's thinking about other places but also other times. Uh, it's so crucial to what we see as the future of our project but also the future of the Earth. Thank you. <laughs>